Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Canadian Challenge Tales. We are joined today by Remy LeDuc from New Brunswick. who has been mushing for quite a few years now, including... Uh, the Yukon Quest in 2019, and he's been with us at uh, the Canadian Challenge a couple of times this past year in the Eight Dog class. Uh, how are you doing today, Remy? I'm doing good, really good. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you joining us today. Before we get into uh, you know this past year's race and and your fun at the challenge, uh, the Quest. Sorry, uh, I wondered if you might be able to tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your kennel, your dogs. Yeah, we're a kennel uh, located in New Brunswick. Uh, we have about 30, 37 dogs. Uh, and we mostly focus on a race uh, of 100 miles and, uh, and above. Uh, we've been doing race since 2011. And uh, my wife and I, Catherine, we've been uh, switching uh, well, from one to another there uh, about who's going to get to run the run the big the big team every year. So, oh, well, that that's pretty much it. Excellent. Uh, can you tell us a little about you know maybe your first mushing experience or or maybe the first memorable uh, mushing experience you had? Uh, yeah, I think my f- first memorable uh, mushing experience was with uh, Adrien Rousseau. Uh, the, He's uh, he passed away a few years back. Now he was a sprinter in uh, north of Quebec City, and uh, he got me uh, to run my first uh, open uh, sprint sprint race uh, sprint race team. There I didn't race, but I, I trained the team, and uh, from that moment I was uh, I was hooked to the sport. Exciting! So you started out in the sprint side, and and now you're seem focused on the longer mid distance at least uh what made you switch from you know the sprint side to distance well i actually only did one winter with adrien uh, helping him out with his uh, sprint dog and then uh, the winter after that i went to work uh, in a tour- touring uh, kennel i i gave tour to people and we went on camping trip and stuff like that so the 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 format of the the business was more oriented uh, towards uh, long distance stuff, uh, and the owner of the business was doing mid distance, long distance ra- race as well. So uh, uh, he kind of introduced me to the sport, and uh, and then from there I I kind of realized that this was more the type of mushing I'd like to do. Excellent. So do you have a a first distance race that that comes to mind or? Uh, perhaps a story you can share about one of the early races on the distance side. Oh, there's a 
well, every one of them have a story. Uh, <laughs> that's why we keep doing it because it's uh, there's always something new happening. Uh, yeah, I can I can say that. Uh, yeah, my first mid distance race, real re- mid distance race, was the the, the Canam Crown 250 mile. Uh, I did it in 2013, and uh, I had to scratch, but. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I really didn't know what I was getting into, uh, and uh, I really, I really discover what uh, mid-distance machine could be, and uh, and the, the it's an all other level of uh, of connection that you got to get with the team in order to perform. And uh, at the time, I didn't have the dog that were meant to do it, so uh, it was a re- was really hard work to get that those dogs to hit the finish line uh, which I, I did in 2014 but you know in 2013 when I scratched the, the organizer of the race at the time came to me after the race and he said it's too bad you scratch I almost did it to the end but he said it's too bad you scratch I really hope you come back next year because don't he said don't don't be a disappointed about that and I said are you kidding that was the best sled dog ride of my life. I really, it really opened up my eyes, and from there, uh, I just, I just keep pushing uh, harder and, and improving my training in order to get the dogs to to run what I want them to run. And uh, yeah, it's that that was my. I, I think that to that day, to that to this day, this is still my favorite race. I really had to push, uh, yeah, push my limit uh, and discover my limit on that one. You talk a little about the dogs in in your first time out. You didn't feel like you had the dogs that were suited best for that. Was there a, a dog that you got, found, or raised that sort of you really felt like this is the dog, this is the the distance dog that I need? Is there one that stands out that you can tell us a little about? My first real distance dog was Peaches. Uh I got her as a gift from my friend Denis Tremblay, and uh, I used to ask a lot of questions back then, uh, you know, about training schedule and stuff like that, and how to build a team to run those events. And they, I had all kind of answers, and I was trying all kind of trick, which didn't work at all because my dogs, like I said, were not meant to do it. Uh, I, I didn't know back then that you need a special breed of dog. That the the Alaskan is a is a special breed of dog that can accomplish stuff that other regular dog cannot do. So when I got my first Alaskan uh, and I start training, then I then I understood all those other teams were doing. Because I, I, back then I didn't understand. I was like, how come they can perform so well and I have such a hard time? And then when I got Peaches, I was like, okay, that's <laughs> this is that that's the problem right here. I don't have the right breed of dog at all. Uh, so from there, uh, I built my team... Uh, around uh, around that breed you know around the alaskan and then and but applying what i learned running weaker dogs you know it was a re- very hard to get weak dogs like i used to have across the finish line uh so i had to really fine-tune my my technique and once i had better dogs and still applying those techniques well uh, it it really uh, it really paid off you know having weak dogs because so, it it got me, give me the chance to work on my skills first, and then, and then 
once I had good dogs, I, I didn't have to screw up and make mistakes in order to learn. I still screw up sometimes, but my biggest mistakes are, are done right now, you know? So I'm kind of glad that now that I have better dogs, uh, I, I can, uh, you know, it's easier. It's easier because uh, all my, my technique are uh, fine tuned, you know? Yeah, exactly. Some of the, some of the greatest advice I've gotten so far is, uh, that I was told to go out and buy the, the best dog I could afford because then I understood what a really good dog was like and it really helped to show how some dogs maybe weren't up to the level that uh, that I was hoping for. So it's interesting to see that it's not, it's not just yeah. me. Um, so let's sort of move a little towards uh, the Canadian Challenge. I know you came... Uh, out here to Saskatchewan uh, with a 12-dog team back in 2017. And then you returned yeah. uh, this past year um, with uh, your wife, Catherine, of course. Uh, but you participated in the 8-dog and and won uh, that that uh, race. Is there, can you tell us a little about uh, your experiences with the challenge, some things that uh, that, that encouraged you to come back? When I came, uh, what I really liked about the challenge was that uh, in 2017, we, we still had that 100-mile stretch of trail that you had to camp on the trail. And uh, that was creating a, a really nice dynamic around the race where uh, it was hard to know the whereabouts of the the other participant in the race. You know, uh, uh, since you were not... Uh, it's not like when you're obligated to stop in every checkpoint and you have a certain amount of time, uh, minimum rest to take, you kind of figure out the strategy of the, the opponent that you are, are uh, with in the trail. But when you had that stretch there of, of 100 miles where you know everybody's going to camp or almost, but you don't know how long they're going to camp, that's that's a game changer. And that's what I really like in 2017. And uh, I was looking forward to come back to to. So Catherine can experience that. Um, last year when we came, we were also supposed to run both in the in the the hundred mile race, but uh, uh, we we had issue with some dog there, so we decided to put the team in the hundred instead. But uh, I really liked the hundred mile. It was that was a fun race. Uh, the, the The course was nice. It was a uh, the. the for us, uh, I'm living in the Appalachian Mountain, so doing a long stretch on the lake like that, it's not, it's a, not the kind of run that we get to to do often here. So it was really nice just to be able to set a pace in the team and watch the team work uh, on that pace and holding it steady. And uh, it's yeah, it's it, it give us the opportunity to uh, yeah to improve some skills that we don't have the chance to practice here at home. So that was nice. Yeah, the lakes sort of come with as a double-edged sword. You know, in good weather days, they can be wonderful. You know, a little bit less pressure yeah. and anxiety as you're going around corners and trying not to hit trees. Uh, but in some of the poor weather conditions with strong winds, they can be really challenging places uh, if if people lose track of the trail or it gets blown in with snow. Yeah, actually, last last year I thought it would have been uh, the rate the hundred mile would have been faster if we would have had a shorter rest because the by the time we all got our twelve hour rest the 
the trail was filled filled with snow uh, by the time we hit the trail. So we had a slower second run because of that, and I thought that a shorter a shorter race would would have get us give us the chance to get on the trail back on the trail before the trail fit in. And also when in 2017, I remember I, I had chill, I had goosebump on the lake at night on my way back to La Ronge on the last run because the uh, I, the the trail marker you were once you were at the next trail marker you could barely see the next one and sometimes not even you have to keep going a bit in the dark and at one point you would start seeing the reflector on the next marker and I was thinking if the wind picks up and the, it start the blizzard come up or something like that I, there's no there's no way you can you can know where you're going or you would lose the trail and uh, and you it was pitch dark and so, so a nice condition having an, a, a hard time to find trail marker it was giving me yeah goosebumps imagining myself being in a storm and that same condition uh yeah it, it can be brutal uh, especially if it's very 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 cold there it's a good recipe for frostbite and stuff like that it's a when you're out there you kind of uh, really hope conditions stay nice when you're on the lake like that. exactly and we were fortunate um this past year to have some really nice uh, I mean, it was cold to start, um, you know, with the 10 dog race, but as we, as the week progressed, it got warmer and warmer. I mean, we were, well, I think close to zero by the, by the late afternoon on Friday, which <laughs> I think slowed the teams down yeah. a little at the end on the eight dog side as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I've got a couple of questions from some of our fans on social media. So the first one comes from uh, Marie Kung and her question is, are there other mushers or kennels that you admire or want to emulate and why? Oh, there's a lot. Of, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, of kennel that I admired. Um, do you want names? <laughs> if there's, uh, you know, if you don't want to name names to choose favorites, if there were some process or trait that you yeah. saw some training technique something that you noticed and and brought into your own kennel because you saw it was really well or was something you wanted to emulate i, I think that's what they're looking for what i admired a lot it's a it's a, a dogmanship uh, i admired that a lot on uh, on a musher it's not a very musher that have that uh admire dog admire musher who are able to get their team going no matter what, uh, just because of their connection with their team. Uh, and Mario Mosher, who, who respect their, the, the pace of their team uh, and, and, and built a strategy around that instead of building a strategy around, around the other team around them. Uh, those are stuff that I admire a lot. Uh, and Mario Mosher know when to pull the plug when, you know, when just in order to 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 respect their, their team if if if, if the, the the competition come first uh, that doesn't work so admire Mosher who are able to keep their head cold you know and and during competition and and think about their dog first those are threat thing that admire that yeah that uh i think you called it dogmanship uh and, and i absolutely agree it's being able to read a dog and how they're feeling and know what they're capable of is is yeah. something that uh i'm sure every musher would love to be able to do 100 percent of the time 
the second question, uh, this one actually comes from Sarah. What's something you really liked at a checkpoint? And that doesn't have to be with the Canadian Challenge or any of the races you've done. Is there a particular checkpoint that you really liked or, you know, that you can share a story about? Uh, checkpoint that I liked. Uh... Well, if it was because the amenities were great, it made your job easier or the view was fantastic. Uh, I'm thinking about possibly your time on the Yukon quest. Perhaps there's something there that comes to mind. Actually, yeah, that what I really liked, it's the, it's checkpoint that there is actually, it's actually camping out on the trail. I really like that. You're really on your own, doing your own thing at your own pace. Uh, no distraction. Uh, really easy to focus on the dogs. No, nobody come to see you. The, talking about mandatory gear or uh, you know uh, asking question uh, about anything. You know you're just doing your own thing. You can and you, so you pick your spot where you feel comfortable and stuff like that. It's a. I just really like camping. Uh, there, there's a, there's a few checkpoint I've been. Where you had that feeling, and uh, talking, I'm thinking about uh, Bear Grease last year. There was one checkpoint I can't remember the name, but they they got us in uh, really into the wood there. So the the other team, the other team were close by, but you were still feeling in your own cocoon doing your own thing because you were in close in the trees. So that's what I like about uh, checkpoint. The checkpoint that uh, you feel uh, in the bubble and. Uh, and alone. That's what I really like at, for, at the Excellent. Well, and we're happy to have made some changes to the Canadian Challenge for this, this year coming up. Uh, we've got a, a, okay. a slight trail modification, uh, although starting in the same place and finishing at Missinippi, we're going to have a stretch from Missinippi that makes a loop through Stanley Mission and then down to LaRange, which is a previous trail route that we've done in the past this time around we're not going to have a checkpoint there so i think it's 77 miles approximately that would be um available for the 300 mile racers so and those that are looking for a 300 mile nice. qualifying race they will have a chance to do a 77 mile stretch with no checkpoints and carry gear and supplies and i suspect a fun camping trip out there so um can good. you you know, I don't want you to have to play all your cards just yet, but can you share a little about your upcoming plans for this coming winter and potential races you're looking at? Uh, right now, Catherine really would like to run Bear Grease. And uh, after that, we give ourselves until until uh, October to figure out if we're if I'm registering for Iditarod or not. Uh, that that's really come to a financial issue there. So if I'm gonna see how works goes and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of planification. But uh, yeah, if if we're able, I, I would like to go to Iditarod, and uh, if if not, we we don't know then. But for sure, we're gonna go to Bear Grease no matter. Well, what. that's that's a very exciting news. Uh, is there some place that 
people can go to find out more about your kennel or possibly help you to uh, make it to the Iditarod? Is there you have a website or social media that you can share? Yeah, we have a website, www.akada.org. Uh, and um, on uh, Facebook, if you type down Chenil Akada Kennel, so C H E N I L A K K A D A Kennel, uh, you should uh, you should find us. Excellent, and we'll make sure that we include all of that in uh, the show notes, so everybody can look at those as well and connect with with Remy. I know we're we're excited to to connect with Catherine. Um, on her own episode. Uh, but I really want to thank you for joining us today. Um, if there's anybody you'd like to thank, because I know it, it's not a one person job to have a 30 dog kennel or to participate in races. Is there anybody you'd like to thank or give a shout out to before we close out today? Oh, there's so many people backing us up and helping us out. Uh, I'd like to thank for sure. Sylvain, uh, Benoit and, uh, and our uh, member of uh, our family, and uh, every every end, uh, business who uh, have been sponsoring us over the years, it's yeah, hi right to everyone. <laughs> Excellent. I'm gonna finish out with a question from me. Given that you and Catherine are sharing a, a, a dog kennel and trying to choose who's doing which race, how do you decide who's taking which dogs? So let's look at the Canadian challenge last year, right? Catherine was in the 10 dog event and you were in the eight. Is it sort of like a, a draw yeah. where you pick what she picks one, you pick one, or does she take the team that she wants and you get to pick from the leftovers? How does that work for you guys? It depends. It depends on the race plan. Uh, last year at the challenge, we were really trying to manage the, the team in order to be able to, uh, to have a competitive team for the Canam Crown, so I kind of took uh, I kind of took uh, about six of our best dog in my team, and to you know to preserve them for the Canam 250, so uh, they won't get burnt out on the 200 miles at the challenge. And the remaining of the team was in Catherine team. Is there a particular dog from your eight dog team that that stood out to you, or that seems to? you know, come to mind when you think about your dogs or any info about a dog in that team you can share? I know the fans really enjoy hearing about dog stories. Well, uh, yeah, the dog I had me in my team that uh, he's my superstar is Max. That dog has been, uh, he's been since he's two years old. He's He's been quite an amazing dog. He's a dog that barely sleep in the checkpoint. He just sit there and wait for the next round. He's uh, never seems tired. He's just... It doesn't matter for him if there's a trail, broken trail or not. He's he's just an easygoing dog, and there, there's never an issue for him. He's just such a, a brilliant dog. He finished the, the Yukon Quest and lead at two years old, and uh, I was really impressed by him. Wow, that's yeah, so. fantastic, especially at two years old. That's quite an achievement. Is that a dog that you raise? Yeah, you yeah, raise yeah. most of the dogs yourselves? Or do you- yeah, it's a dog that I raise, and... Um, and he, what was fantastic on the, the the Yukon Quest, running a dog of that age and seeing it improve, it's that the, you really see the dog improve on the thousand mile. 
if you can imagine how, how much you see a dog improving on, on a on a training season once you've done a thousand mile with your with your dog at home of training you already see some some improvement and some uh, amelioration in the dog but if you imagine running it uh, in a condensed two week you just see just as much evolution on the dog and it's you really it, but it's like in fast forward you you see the dog evolve so quick you really see him bloom in front of, of your eyes from one run to another it was just getting better and better and better every time we hit hard condition he would sometimes would have a hard time but more experienced lead dog show him the work and the the next the next hard part of trail we hit he he he, he didn't have issue anymore he already understood what what you know what what the work was and uh, so every yeah every single day was you you could see him evolve and that was amazing oh that's fantastic it's it's uh it, it's an interesting explanation because i've heard several people talk about how the bond with their dogs are different having completed a, a very long race like i did a rod or yukon quest or anything in that thousand mile range i haven't had anybody explain why and, and i think you've done a great job of that so so wonderful so as as we close things out again i'm going to encourage people to go out and check out uh remy's kennel and and their website and if you can support them in their um drive to get to the I did a rod this upcoming season. We certainly wish you good luck in the bear grease. And uh, we're looking forward to catching up with Catherine for her own episode. So thank you very much for joining today. No problem. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. From First Paw Media, this is Canadian Challenge Tales. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe too. Your host is Dan Kirkup. Our executive producer is Robert Forto, created for First Paw Media. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.